Welcome to You Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen posts on Tumblr, joined with Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho, Clotho Spindle on Tumblr. Comma Splice. Hi, this is Kama, and you can find me at Grammar Saves Lives on Tumblr. Eon. Hey, this is Eon, I'm Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. And our supreme pitch hitter, Wontkins. <laughs> Hi, I'm Wontkins, and you can find me at Wontkins on Tumblr. This has been full of Wontkins this uh, season, and we love it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Wontkins. You're welcome. No problem. Okay, so we are covering Game of Thrones Season 6, Episode 6, Blood of My Blood. Um, as always, spoilers for the show, especially, and possibly the A Song of Ice and Fire books. Trigger warnings for potential rape discussion as well. Um, so we start this episode um, with Mira, who's kind of wobbling her way through the forest, dragging a comatose Bran behind her. And Bran is still having his visions, and um, the dead are pursuing them. Mira collapses and cries with exhaustion. She holds Bran, who awakens, and he says, they've found us. Mira says she's sorry and then cries while the dead move in. And they are saved by a mysterious stranger with a flaming weapon. I know it probably has a name, some medieval weapon mace. I don't know. Ball and chain mace. Flail. Flail? Ball and chain works too. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I really was wondering how they were going to get out of that. I mean, I kind of had suspicions. It might have been, you know, quote unquote, cold hands. Although uh, Martin has said that is not cold hands. So. Yeah. He's, I think he's cold hands in the show. I mean, in the yeah. show. Yeah, in, I guess. Books, um, he said that Benjamin isn't cold hands. Yeah. Right. right. I think they did a lot of fan service because there's always been that fan theory that Benjamin is cold hands. But I've always gotten from the books that cold hands is much older than Benjamin. Like, he was a ranger, but it was not Benjamin. Right. I mean, he, it, it works. Like, 100 years old or something like that. Or dead yeah. for 100 years. I mean, it works. It, it was a good scene. Um, I was actually okay with it being in the dark because given how shitty the CGI is later on, I thought <laughs> we don't need to see that much. And I liked, I mean, it was it, the change to making him uh, Benjamin and Cold Hands the same is it works. Okay. It was, I, I think I thought, so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could have done without Mira breaking down and crying. Um, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I I can give it a pass. I think I think she was just exhausted. I mean, give any idea on why Bran was so stoic for that moment when she was breaking down? Maybe he knows that help is on the way because whenever wasn't it later on, Benjamin says that he's the new um, three eyed raven, mm-hmm. and the the three eyed raven dis- dispatched him pretty much. To help, so maybe, yeah, maybe he already was, knew. He yeah. was going through his like mind warp or whatever, and now he's like all you know Yoda. Right. 
Yeah, I just assumed he might have known. Okay. It's a theory. Okay. Anything else before Um, we move on? I thought it was funny. I mean, it's happened before, but I thought about the skeletons when they had their their kind of gurgling, grumbling sounds. You know, they didn't have voice boxes, (laughs) yet they're vocalizing. That was kind of funny, but... (laughs) 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 I'm sick of... I'm so sick of defending these skeletons. <laughs> I think they look it's cool. It's distracting, I, though. I, they sounded I like uh, it. it was a squealing pig sound effect when they were dying. <laughs> That's creepy. I, I like I like the kind of subtle makeup zombie prosthetic on uh, Benjamin's face. Oh yeah, we're yeah. gonna we're there is a um, we're gonna get into that a little bit later because um we do get a reveal oh, right? right but. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. That's okay. We'll save it because we have an anon about it, and that came in through Tumblr, and I want to bring it up then. (laughs) Somebody's trolling us, basically. Uh. (laughs) All right, let's let's go to uh, Gilly and Sam's scene. Um, We have Gilly, Sam, and the baby, and they're in the reach, and the plan is to tell Randall Tarley that the baby is Sam's. In the courtyard, they are greeted warmly by his mother and sister. Lady Tarley takes the baby and informs Sam that his father is hunting and they'll be back for dinner. Um, just want to say that baby is really freaking cute. <laughs> I'm pleased that they finally figured out that baby Sam should not be like a newborn, that there should be some signs that he'd aged. <laughs> is it the same baby? I'm not the baby only one, Catholic. right, who kept going... Everybody else is getting older, but that baby is still like two months old. Was he? Is it the same one that was on the ship? Though it looked like, right? Or is this a different baby? I, I think it's a different baby, <laughs> but I could be wrong. I just it it just was something that's been driving me nuts, especially since every other child actor on the show is like aged twenty years. So yeah, well, how old should he be? Is there exact on that? Like a year? couple what a season i mean i, I mean, think it's still technically the year 300 ac yeah but infants don't stay i mean they they get bigger i know this i don't have kids but i know this you know <laughs> they and do. there's they get more interactive and i mean the baby whoever they cast the kid was good yeah he was like how he acted 18 with his, months old maybe yeah which sounds about right yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a he cute was, oh sorry go I, ahead I'm on the wiki right now. He's born in 299, so he could be 18 months or so. Okay. Yeah, that's a year yeah. and a half. It's funny. I mean, it was... Oh, oh sorry. No, I was just saying his, his blonde hair and his blue eyes is really... You know, it's really funny because they're trying to pass him off as uh, Sam's kid. Yeah. He kind of looks like Craster. <laughs> like, <laughs> he does not. I think Maybe he does. Didn't a guy have, like, light hair? <laughs> oh, if a kid has blonde hair... That would technically make him descended from Andals, which might be interesting. Or that could just be a accidental casting. Yeah, like, I, think, I think they don't even know what Andals are. I think that's just <laughs> casting. Yeah. Baby um, does not look like Crest. <laughs> doesn't look like Sam. He been a and he doesn't look like Gilly. They both have dark eyes and dark hair. But, I mean, you can have a blonde hair, blue-eyed kid if you're He's a throwback. <laughs> I thought it was a cute scene. I just thought, like, a lot of these scenes, it drags a little bit. And I think they were trying to give us a quiet moment, which I I do appreciate. And also, I'm sorry, but Melissa has to be, like, the sweetest person on this planet because, or on their planet, because 
Her son comes home. He's broken his vows. He's got a bastard and an absolutely filthy. I mean, that woman was like, I mean, I don't think Gilly's ever paid. <laughs> and she's like, oh, you're lovely and hugging and ah. I'm like, no, no. And I was talking to someone who said, like, no, if their their son came home with, you know, a baby and a girlfriend, they'd be like, <laughs> that would not be the reaction. Yeah, I kept thinking in the carriage ride, you had to have time to wash up. That's just really right. kind of, don't go in like that. Don't go in like that. <laughs> rip some of those curtains off yeah, of the litter first, or something. Right? First impressions. Yeah, like Carol Burnett with the yeah. dress. I think that's just her personality type. Like some people with sunny dispositions are just I don't know. Wanty, I know some women out there who are like, would give you the proverbial shirt off their back, but I gotta say, again, your son comes home, he's kind of disgraced himself, he's got a bastard and the girlfriend looks like she's never seen any water whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, you would not be hugging. The only thing you I could think is maybe. Oh, so nice to meet oh, you. Maybe they were trying to. Il- give her back. Yeah, maybe they well, were trying to illustrate that um, the she was more like Sam. That he, Sam took after the mom. Yes. Yeah. This this is the same mom that's been that was coddled Sam during his childhood and um, gave him everything he wanted and and want. And like, her reaction is not this slut who you know. I don't know. I thought well, it was just could, a little too much. I could argue um, that we don't really know her character enough to say if this is accurate or not. How about but, the dresses? Um, uh, I thought the clothing kind of looked like 80s bridesmaids. Like, bad. Like, I do I, have... It bothered me a little. Like, I knew that Gillies was supposed to look like it didn't fit, but the other women... I don't know. The dresses sort of bugged me in this scene for some reason. I do have some quibbles about it because it doesn't look and it doesn't look anything like what Olana and Marjorie wear, right? And it's supposed to be like I always kind of like how they can keep things somewhat regional in their yeah, style. Yeah, you're right. It looks but too modern look, to me for some reason. It, it like yeah, weird. or plain. Didn't it totally looked like its own thing. Didn't they change costume people? Oh, oh, that would be interesting. But I don't know. I would think you'd still want to keep it tonally the same, but it is. They're in the same region. You would think they'd have some of that. Eh. Yeah, I'm not like, super mad about it or anything. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just a little thing. Just I a noticed, qualm. Yeah. Okay, where <laughs> did I leave off? Oh, um, we're going to go to Toman and the High Sparrow next. They're speaking about... To? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. Stop it. I'm too feisty right now. <laughs> They're speaking of Marjorie's upcoming atonement. Um, the High Sparrow reassures Toman that the people will be nicer to her. She's not a horrible person like your mother. <laughs> Toman is granted a visit with Marjorie. They converse about the High Sparrow, and Marjorie seems to be converted. She's ready to let go of her lies. Um, she even says, you know, her brother needs to atone for his sins. And I'm like, is this for real? Like, I can't, I can't buy this. I don't this think is I'm it. supposed to. It's I'm not, not for real. It. I think the subsequent scene with her on the steps, the way she was playing it. Bingo. She's, she's, she's got, she's figured out what she's got to do. She knows what the High Sparrow wants. He knows he can work with her. This is what that is. It's all, that's not. Yeah, last, not last week, uh, Loris said, let them win, just make it stop. So this is her way of letting them win to make it stop for Loris. Yeah. Her face was the, the tell for me whenever the Tyrrell army showed up in front, whenever she was on the steps. Mm-hmm. Her, her expression, that that was really, yeah, she's playing the High Septon and Tommen right now. Yeah. Or she's at least 
if she's not playing the high septon, they, they've reached some sort of unspoken agreement is my sense. I think, I think there might be something to that too, but I'm going to save it for the next bit with the steps. I really, that kid, it's, Jonathan Price comes off a little bit better because he's just, he's that good an actor and he can make shit look great. But that kid playing New Tommen, he is totally outmatched first by Price and then by Dormer. Oh, and, come on. That's not fair. No, I, I think, <laughs> no, let me, let me finish. I okay. think the problem is, is that what they want from that, for that actor, he's supposed to be playing this naive kid who's kind of, um, who's, who's outclassed, I mean, mentally and strategically by all these people around him. And who's just like a nice guy who, you know, doesn't quite fit with what's going on. And that's a hard thing to do, to play dumb, to play it like that, and to do that convincingly and not come off looking horrible. And I don't think he's got the chops to do it. I think the other two really know how to make make this work, but I don't think this kid playing this part is... Watching him is painful. It's almost... It's not Amelia Clark painful, but it's just not... <laughs> it's not entertaining TV. He's Tom, not, who, who would you cast as Tommen if you were the casting director for New Tom? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Elijah Wood. <I> would, <laughs> Elijah Wood. A young yeah, Elijah. What, like forty-five now? Probably not. No, but I mean, I don't know who I'd cast. I don't know the young. But I've got to think there's somebody out there who can hold their own. You need like a burgeoning character actor for something like that, and I don't think that kid is it. Ralphie. I mean, Simpsons. I <laughs> my cat's breath smells like cat food. Suddenly, my Elijah Wood suggestion is not sounding so bad. Sorry. Well, I think you need that type. You know, you need somebody who's got that kind of a uh, boyish look. I mean, Elijah Wood is, I think, way too old at this point. No, I bet but... a young one. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, somebody like that who's a very good actor who's gonna. You're gonna. This kid. We're not going to hear from him years later. Trust me. Ouch. <laughs> he's not that good. I'm sorry. He's outclassed. There's a lot of bad actors that continually get work. Yeah, yeah. but... Clark. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> All right, I'm going to shut yeah, up now. The Terminator movie was pretty... Can I just... Uh, I want to interject and say that it makes me smile every time Eon pronounces Tyrell. Tyrell. Um, I'm not, I'm not like trying to be mean or anything it just kind of it i smile warmly every time i hear you when i listen <laughs> i'm just happy someone else's pronunciations are getting made fun of <laughs> no, I'm, I'm you not, enjoy the accents it, it, i'm not making fun of it it's just yeah i'm i'm, I'm all for it continue please continue calling them turtles it's funny <laughs> okay I will. <laughs> All right, now that that's settled, um, I'm going to go back to the reach. Um, Gilly looks lovely in her borrowed dress. Sam escorts her to the Tarly dinner table. And Dickon brags about his hunting. Sam talks of the wall and Gilly's ability to hunt. Tala Tarly is impressed. Randall, not so much. As dinner continues, Sam is denied carbs. And the conversation <laughs> turns to Sam. Uh, training to become a maester. Randall is disgusted by how soft and unmanly Sam still is. 
Gilly comes to his defense and she says he killed a Then he killed a White Walker. And she slips when she says on their way back down from Castle to Castle Black. And Randall then questions her and pegs her for a wildling. He points to Heartsbane, their Valerian steel, and it's been in his family for 500 years. It's supposed to go to his firstborn son. And he makes it clear that will never happen. He calls Gilly a wildling whore, calls her child a bastard. Lady Tar- Tarly pulls um, Gilly away from the room at this point. Randall tells um, them that he will allow Gilly and her bastard to stay at Hornhill, but Sam is not welcomed. So after dinner, Sam apologizes, tells Gilly that he has to leave at first light. He asks her to say goodbye to the baby. Um, she kisses him and reassures him that he's not the man his father thinks he is. Sam says goodbye and shortly returns, taking the baby and Gilly with him. They steal his family's sword and they peace out. And I don't know what Sam's thinking here because, like, is he planning to sell the sword or is he leaving the Night's Watch? I mean, I don't. They're definitely going to have a problem with him bringing a girlfriend and a baby to Old Town. Mm-hmm. At least. Ah. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't really clear to me what the game plan was other than sticking it to his father. And he's supposed to be this character who thinks things out. So I don't know. Maybe there's something we'll get next episode. Yeah, they were making a lot of noise, too. I just kept cringing and thinking, oh, my goodness, somebody's going to come out. <laughs> and, you know, they have an eight hour head start, but he doesn't seem like the type of man that would not send people after them. You know I mean, saying? he's going to miss that real fast. <laughs> he's going to show up at Old Town with an army to get his sword back. Or yeah, something right? crazy like that. But I think, I think Sam's intention is just to take the sword and and continue to become a maester. Okay. I, again, I, just, I don't know. Where is... we? They've a step... Granted, the show is not great about keeping to their own continuity, but they have established that the reason she's going to Horn Hill is because she's not going to be allowed in Old Town. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, she, so she's not allowed. She's not allowed at the Citadel, but she could still stay in Old Town and work as any other um, small folk. So court. again, I, this is not. This is a John kind of level plan. This is not a Sam level plan. I just question I mean, how much I don't time they it. have for Sam to actually go to the Citadel and become a meister in the show. He's going to do it the I same amount of time yeah. that Huron's going to yeah. build his thousand ships. Are they going to have a montage? Yeah, right? Im- yeah they're going to try. <laughs> He's going to do the accelerated program. Yeah, they're both. The immersion. So, like, you know, like just a weekend and he'll be he'll be good. Yeah. What did well, everybody I'm- think of the, the casting for Randall Tarley? Good question. I was going to ask that. The actor's really good. I like his voice. He's not nearly hot enough for me. Um... Actually, he's not hot at all. But, I mean, I thought they cast the Tarly family pretty well. I think they should have gone with someone uh, a little... Someone uh, written Dickon a little more dumb than than they did, but... You seem pretty stupid to me, Dickon. I I mean, I thought it was good. I just... I'm tired. They keep falling back. It's very hacky now, these awkward dinner scenes. Like, the first time they did it, it was brilliant. And then it's like, okay, it's like a, a one-trick pony. We need a quick, fast, we'll, we'll have an awkward dinner scene, you know? And I don't know. And the writing here feels in- 
incredibly indulgent to me. Like, I think Cogman really likes writing Sam, so that's why we get all of this. But I don't care. <laughs> I mean, it was entertained, I gotta say. I mean, having said all of that, up until a certain point, I'm, I was actually enjoying this. This was kind of like, okay, I'm seeing all the holes in it. Like, what is the plan here? This is not a real smart idea Sam's got. I don't It just drags a little. I think in both... Um, both the guy playing Sam and the the woman playing Gilly have that very slow kind of cadence. So it's just slower. And, mm-hmm. and again, maybe they thought they needed that beat, which could yeah. explain it. I will say this. I felt um, uncomfortable watching it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I mean, that uh, James Faulkner, he's he's got the tone of, I think, oh, what yeah. Randall Tarley is like he's like, yeah, I liked not a him. Fun dude. I liked him. I thought he did well. Hard screw for sure, right? Yeah, he did a good job. He's I wanted a... to see his face if they revealed that um, Gilly's baby was actually an incest monster. He has no idea how bad it really is, does he? <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Go ballistic. <laughs> well, they do really well with casting these 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 types of people. They have a really good pool of really solid character actors, and they do a, a good job. Yeah. Except for Tillman. Well, but he's not a character actor. That's part of the problem. It's like New Morcella was the same way. They cast these very generic, pretty kids. I mean, they're they're attractive people, but they're not particularly skilled. And they don't have the chops to carry off what's... I mean, let's face it. Like, the scenes they're being asked to play, those are not easy scenes. You need someone who can do that. And those kids aren't capable. At least not yet. Maybe in a couple of years years i appreciated randall's the uh, frown game it wasn't nearly oh, yeah. as much frowning not not as much frowning as mance which i compared to uh beaker from the muppets so i compare, <laughs> I compare randall to sam eagle from the muppets instead. <laughs> he looked like he I, took I'll a bite be out able of to unsee that thank you <laughs> <laughs> all right let's go to bravos it's act two of the play and it's the purple wedding um, as Joffrey lays dying or dead, uh, Lady Crane, he's playing Cersei, gives a beautiful monologue. Well, fake Sansa mouths the words from the curtains. <laughs> and I want us to say props to the dude who plays Joffrey because he has really beautiful eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, during Tyrion's killing Tywin scene, uh, Arya is backstage and she poisoned Lady Crane's rum. The actors take their bows. Lady Crane gets the greatest applause. Backstage, she's questioned, um, well, Arya's questioned by Lady Crane, and she tells Arya of how she ran away as a young girl to join the traveling actors. She calls her final speech shit, but to be fair, the writing's no good, and I think we all had a a little ha-ha-ha moment. (laughs) Arya tells her that um, the queen loves her son. She wouldn't just cry. She would be angry and would want to kill. Lady Crane tells mercy that she has expressive eyes and wonderful eyebrows <laughs> and that Naria leaves lady crane um pours herself a drink only to have it knocked from her hand by aria she points to the actress who plays sansa careful that one she wants you dead the waif who has overseen it all looks very pleased aria digs up needle and i am just like fist pumping here because I really love this. I loved it when she was taking Needle out of those rocks. Yeah, that was pretty exciting. That was fun. 
it was just nice to see her, um, I guess, coming back into herself and because mm-hmm. you didn't really know, like, was she was she going to join this freaky, weird death cult or? Yeah, I was so happy uh, the, the signaling signaling that that's almost over. I'm kind of tired of the repetitive <laughs> nature yeah. of the scenes. I'm, I need something fresh. So the beating from the waist. Yeah. yeah, this stuff's good. This was brilliant. I love this. This is my, I think, easily my favorite part. Essie Davis is brilliant, absolutely brilliant as Lady Crane. I love her. I love her. She plays um, free-spirited Miss Fisher of the Miss Fisher murder mysteries. And I did not – I kept going. The guy playing the um, theater impresario is really good, and I did not realize that was Richard E. Grant until afterwards. Yeah, I knew I'd seen him before. Mm -hmm. It was excellent. The whole thing was great. I don't think the writing was terribly self-aware. I mean, I thought that was hysterical. I thought they were. They, you don't think so? <laughs> I think. Well, the writing's no good. I mean, why would you know? But it was. I thought easily the. It was really enjoyable to watch. The whole thing was just great. I love the play within a play. This was good. It was really good. Sorry, I don't have anything more to say. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Um, so back at the House of Undying, Jackin is peeling faces and the Waif is happy to report on Arya's failure. Jackin gives her permission to kill Arya, but asks she not let her suffer. Arya climbs into bed with Needle at her side. So I kind of can't wait to see what's going to happen here. <laughs> I think the Waif is going to be on high on my death list. <laughs> I don't know. Waif is such a better fighter than Arya as we've been shown. Yeah, but sword trumps stick. <laughs> what? She'll have her sword. The waif will have her little pole. <laughs> I have a feeling think... the waif's one of those characters who could kill you with her fingernail, but sure. Yeah, didn't work for Serial Pharrell. <laughs> I think Arya would need some kind of Dusex Machina to defeat the waif. Probably my 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 uh, prediction would be in the form of Numeria after she gets back to Westeros. Uh, my predictions are usually wrong, so probably not. <laughs> yeah, I was just assuming she was going to kill the waif in the next episode, but <laughs> with, with Needle, that she's going to immediately... Yeah. I don't know if she's going to follow her for a while, or... Yeah, the Faces Men say that um, their their missions take as long as they need to take. They're not usually in a rush to oh, kill people. okay, so maybe they'll let her kind of hang herself with her own noose, kind of let her go and do more things, and then get her... I mean, we might get, like... Uh, a first confrontation, and then Arya somehow um, flees and escapes her for the first time, and then they'll meet up again later, maybe. Yeah, I think that is what's going to happen because I think we had um, spoilers right when we were before we even started covering the season of her um, running through Bravos, right? Oh, okay. And and did she? I mean, she so she did go back that room that she was in. That's her room that she's had all along in that House of the Undying. Is that or not the House of the Undying? Yep. What is um, the Sorry, the black and white. Black and white. Sorry. Black and white. Yeah. No, the 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 last scene we saw with Arya, she was in the catacombs underneath Bravos. That oh, so it, she didn't go back. Okay, so that's what I was thinking. She'd be crazy to go yeah. back. Okay. All right, let's go to King's Landing. Uh, we have Mace Tyrell marching his army towards the Sept, and on the steps of the Sept, we have the High Sparrow presenting Marjorie before the crowd. Um, Jamie and the Tyrell army enter. Um, complete with Olena in a litter, which I found surprising. But anyway, Jamie announces he, 
he's there to collect Marjorie and Loris. The High Sparrow tells him he doesn't have the authority to take them. And now we pause a moment in appreciation of how hot Jamie looked riding up those stairs on that horse. Motherfucking <laughs> <laughs> White horse. I was distracted was by the crappy CGI, yeah, but sure. Yeah, that was his head bouncing that up and down, him. right? Yeah, that wasn't there him. Was I was like, I look like in that scene. <laughs> you were just looking at the body, which I don't blame you for, but trust me, it looked. Horrible I was looking at the, the horse, face. and it was so cool, but I was scared the whole time that the horse was going to fall down. And then I kept thinking right. that they really needed to do a scene. You know, how they're fa- you know, they're fond of these awkward scenes. They needed to do the awkward scene afterwards, where Jamie just sheepishly steps the horse down one step at a time. It takes twenty minutes to get down the steps because <laughs> that was no easy feat to get down. <laughs> All right, so um, Jamie tells the High Sparrow he speaks for Tolman of House Baratheon, first of his name. And uh, he says, each of these sparrows will die before Marjorie is allowed to walk down the street. The High Sparrow replies, they yearn to die in service of the gods. Then adds, there is no need for it today. He announces no walk of atonement. She's already atoned by bringing another into the light of the seven. Toman is presented with his new king's guard, complete with shiny new seven-pointed star breastplates. Toman and Marjorie join hands. It's a new age of harmony between the crown and the faith. Jamie looks glum. Mace looks confused. Alana says, they've beaten us. Mm. We finally saw Lance. So I think... think... What's that? Go ahead. Well, can nope. start with you. Okay, I think this says a little bit about Jamie's competence as a Lord Commander. You can't hear me? Hello? Hello, hello? No, I got yes, you. Yes, right. we can hear you. Okay. Um, I think this says a little bit about Jamie's competence as a Lord Commander of the Kingsguard, that he doesn't know where four of his Kingsguard are, and also, <laughs> like, they're, like, getting new armor and stuff. And <sighs> the end. Yeah, that, that was one was a little weird. There either, right? No, the mountain wasn't there. So I wonder what that means. Why would the... Oh, I mean, wouldn't the mountain just, just be with Cersei and Cersei's not there? Yeah, but if... I don't know. I, I just think they would have had him... I don't know. I would assume he'd be there. There's just... There's a lot of holes in this scene, I think. <laughs> well, well, Jamie and the mountain missed the company email that day. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was so distracted by Jonathan Price not being clean. <laughs> yeah. I said that too. I, mean, I was like, this man ever bathe. Let me just say this. Okay, I get he's this humble dude and homespun and all that, but he looks filthy. And I mean, later on in the, the next scene, we see um, Edmure, who's been a prisoner of war for like three seasons, and he looks cleaner than the high sparrow. <laughs> Well, I guess cleanliness is not next to glo- godliness for them. You know, it's not a big thing. In the- I was like, what are you doing? He's <laughs> got like a I day's mean, growth of stuff on his face. And I was going, are those liver spots? No, that, that's dirt. You know, I spent way too much time freeze framing, looking at Jonathan Price's face, going, no, oh no, that's dirt. But did, He's really filthy. Yeah. Did you notice the Marjorie? You know, she's cleaner. Oh. You know, Marjorie's been cleaned up a little bit. She still has her sack And she's got a completely sack. different hair color, too, which is great. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that. <laughs> that wig was not a good match to her original hair. <laughs> I don't think brunette is a hard wig to, you know, come across. So. I don't know. Well, and also, okay, does Jamie know that Cersei slept with Lancel? Does he care? 
No, no. he doesn't know that. Doesn't the show. Okay, because he was giving him like a look, but that was it. And I was like, all right, I don't know. I don't know what they've done with um, J- Jamie. I don't know what they've done with Larry. I think that was identical twin cousin Jerry. They're just not bringing it it up in the show. It's just never going to happen. That's possible. I really think it is possible. I mean, I guess the only thing left is if Braun somehow heard some rumors, but, you know, I'm not banking on that happening. Yeah, I don't think uh, it would make no sense. Jamie could find out about it when he's in the Riverlands. Um, Word could get out. If if he's going to be... if he's going to be refusing the call, the letter from uh, Cersei while he's in the Riverlands, that might be a reason if he finds out about Lancel to mm. uh, not answer her letter. If, so if I, that's have, gonna I have a theory. I want to run it by you. It kind of touches on what Kama proposed earlier that there's some kind of deal going on in the background between Marjorie and the High Sparrow. Oh, yeah. Do you think she's possibly putting Tolman out to dry? Oh, I remember. I, just, I keep thinking about that that line from scene season two. I think it was when she says she wants to be the queen. Uh, that I don't know. I mean, I think you could tell. I mean, the way she was playing it, certainly, she was not expecting to see her father or Jamie or her grandmother, and it was like you could almost see her going before the quick recovery, which was really well done on Dormer's part. Was the oh shit there's a game going on. I don't know what this is, you know, and then like going with what she knows is good, you know, cause that's the only way move open to her at that point. But I don't think she'd have to, to be the queen. I don't see how that's even possible. There's no kid. Well, she has this it, faith behind her. That is, they seem to be the ones that now are controlling everything. And if they anoint her by the gods, this is your queen. She's a woman. Lot are you saying that Marjorie is setting up Tommen to be killed so she could rule yeah. by herself? Who I would kill so. her? Kill him. Who would kill him? The gods. <laughs> I, the, the, I don't the sparrows. His new guards that are, you what? know, really essentially the face. How would Marjorie convince the sparrows to kill Tommen? It's not up to her. It's up to the High Sparrow. Yeah, but she's an abomination in their eyes. That's not going to change anything. This guy's not moving on the fact that Tolman is um, born of an incestuous relationship. Oh! Because he's not brassy. Okay, okay. I I don't think he cares. I think they've established he's, for all of his, his sort of piety, the way that they seem to be writing and playing, he seems to be playing that part is that he's playing a part. I mean, he doesn't seem to be this genuinely... I mean, he knows... This, he's playing a political game. I mean, they can you can mask it with religion all you want, but that seems to be how they're writing it. I mean, has the incest even come up from the High Sparrow? No. no. Um, only Not from the High Sparrow, but I do remember when Tolman was walking through the crowds, you were you were hearing abomination Things about, yeah. being yelled at him. Yeah. Um, so it's obviously been yeah, preached be by aware. somebody. Yeah, yeah. Or, or people just knew. But I, 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 I don't know. Well, Tommen needs it's to get idea. on it, and he needs to name Sir Pounds as the new High Sparrow, so he just needs to get... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think Tommen's toast, guys. Uh, 
I've been playing it up hard this season. Yeah, I so. think he's going to oh. get it. I always assume that the mountain would probably be the best candidate for somehow accidentally killing <laughs> some kind of tragic twist. Killing Tommen. Sitting there or something. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be Marjorie and the High Sparrow. That's that's my theory, anyway. But we'll see. Okay. Can we talk about how funny Mance and um, Elena were? Yes. Mace, not Mance. Mace. Oh, sorry, sorry. Mace. It would be awesome if Mance were somehow there. I'd be totally into that. And his buffoonery plate mail. (laughs) I thought the Tyrell. I thought the Tyrell. Yeah, the Tyrell. Um, the forces, I, I didn't really like their armor. It's no. like their their helmets kind of looked like um, Star Wars helmets. You know, <laughs> the Empire. I thought they were nice and, fa- well, then, and fancy ridiculous. To be fair, ridiculous. <laughs> to be fair did, did anybody oh. see that there was a gift set of um, Jamie next to Elena? And at first, the first thing I saw when I saw that is that someone was like shipping them. What? <laughs> no, it, I don't think they were. It was just sort of like Jamie exchanging glances with Elena, and it was like almost like one of those, well, you know, well, both, both Jamie and Elena were given like the gimlet eye to like individually to Tommen and Marjorie. Like it looked like they wanted to grab them and just like whoop ass on them for you know, like you're causing <laughs> I thought trouble. That was good. <laughs> I thought that was really good. But can we just talk about why the hell was Elena there to begin with? Because she wouldn't have been there. Because it's fan service. Because Diana Rigg is popular, and she's a popular character, and I think she's another one they like writing. Yeah. Yeah, she makes me want to go back and watch old episodes of The Avengers. Oh my god. (laughs) Emma Peel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's totally out of place. Okay, uh, let's go to the throne room where Jamie has been dismissed from the Kingsguard. Jamie. Jamie wants to know if he has to walk naked through the streets or sit for months in the sep cells until he finds religion. Toman tells Jamie he will not to do that, but he will continue to serve. But it will not be in King's Landing. And like this is like literally everything we could have dreamed and hoped for for Jamie. <laughs> but it feels so hollow. <laughs> yes. I wouldn't have mind seeing him walk through the streets naked, but sadly they don't love us. <laughs> yeah, I was briefly cheering about all this, and then the next scene kind of, you know, we'll get to that. But, I mean, so is he effectively, is he banished, or is that just sort of like, oh, get out of my sight? I mean, it kind of sounded like... Well, it official. sounded like he he's, like, no longer King's Guard, so he is he, him, what, head of Casterly Rock now? He wants him out of King's Landing. I think so. You know? yeah, here's well, why. I guess if you're king, you can do that. Yeah. Here's why, too. Um, if you look at the... Um, the armor that Jamie's wearing for the next episode, he's wearing Tywin's armor, the head of yeah. the Lannister yeah. armor. It's not his old Jamie armor. Cool. He's the head of Casterly Rock. Yeah, I'm just curious whether it's like. So, I'm, no. Go on. I'm dubious about that. Like, I, I think I'll, I'll wait for the show to convince me that that's true. Like, I don't really believe that until. Believe that he's what? The head of Casterly Rock. Hmm. Why wouldn't oh. he be? Um, because he was he he's been shamed out of like the the job of Kingsguard and he's been banished from um, the capital. Like that's not really something that you award with an entire kingdom. It's not theirs to award or not award. He's as far as he's the heir. I mean, right? he's the heir. He's the oh, well, 
Cersei doesn't inherit over him because she's a, a female. Um, Tyrion is younger and, you know, an official, honest-to-goodness traitor. Yeah, it's who, his. Yeah, who would it's, stop it's, him? He may not be in high regard at court. He may not be allowed to be in King's Landing. He may be sent on a task or whatever, but that doesn't take away that he's the Lord of Casterly Rock. He's the as, eldest. As the king's hand, Kevin could put any, any of the other Lannister cousins in charge of Casterly Rock. But it's not his to do. He's not in charge of Casterly Rock. He's not the Lord. But he's he's the hand of the Seven Kingdoms. He has the power. But to do he that. doesn't have the power to take away that title. Could Tommen do it? Sure the king does. Could Are you would. saying that perhaps Kevin if Tommen, Kevin if, would say this is what Tommen yeah, wants? Yeah, if he convinced him to do it. For who? Yeah. His, his, like, religious fanatic son who's got the tattoo or whatever? Or <laughs> that could be face? interesting. Scarification. I I don't know. I mean, I think it's one of those things that would just be considered his right. We'll find out next yeah. episode. And would Jamie take it? I guess uh, that's a question whether, you know, this Jamie would, you know, step on up to... Well, Jamie would. I don't know about Larry or his identical twin <laughs> brother, Jerry, but Jamie would. Well, you guys are kind of blowing my Anon, or not Anon, this is oh, actually sorry. on Tumblr. <laughs> But I'm going to read it anyway, because okay. we had a uh, message from Rope Dar Traptor. <laughs> Hi, just uh, started listening to Close the Door recently. I wanted to reach out and make first contact to you guys to please, oh please, talk about the possible ramifications of Jamie being booted from Kingsguard. I'm sure you will, but I haven't seen much discussion online, even though it's such a huge move. It's an enormous blow for Jamie emotionally, although Larry, well, who knows? <laughs> but politically, he has maybe just been handed all the power and influence of Casterly Rock, unless Kevin decides to complicate things. <laughs> Plus, become Westeros' most eligible bachelor. <laughs> uh, I mean, there. I think it's a given that that... He is certainly Lord Lannister now. I mean, I suppose they could seize Casterly Rock as crown property or whatever, but I don't think they can take that away from him. Yeah, I don't think so either. Wonkins, you got to go look at that armor Jamie's wearing and then argue with me about it. <laughs> I think armor's just armor. I'm not convinced. No, I've tr- I've drawn enough goddamn Lannister armor to know he's wearing the head armor now. <laughs> it just just like wearing armor doesn't make you a knight. Wearing armor doesn't give you a title. It's just armor is just armor. But they didn't, like, you know, take away Ned's... I mean, you could say he's no longer Warden of the West. Yes, that's in their power to take away. But it's his family... I think that would have to... No. It'd be a war, right? They, the only way yeah, they could dispose them would be a war. I mean, the, the, the Crown has given castles to, like, Littlefinger and... Yeah. Um, and Lancel, or was it Lancel that got Derry, or one Derry, of the other Lancel? Yeah. In the yeah. books, Derry. in the show, they don't even mention all that. Suddenly, he's just a no, religious. No, they gave, they gave Heron Hall to Littlefinger in the show. Yeah, and he's forgotten all about that. But yeah, I don't know. I don't see that as being feasible. They don't want. It's clear they still want to use him. You yeah, need I, to. I, I'm not convinced, but we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> we can move on. <laughs> That's very diplomatic. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. Walder Frey um, chastises his sons for allowing River Run to be taken by the Blackfish. He wants it back. It seems no one in the Riverlands likes the phrase because they're constantly be- being raided. 
Walder tells his sons to show Blackfish the knives used to kill Talisa and Catelyn. He then has Edmure brought out and tells him, Cheer up, Lord Edmure, you're going home. And I just love this dude that plays Walder Frey. <laughs> David Bradley brings it. He is awesome. That was a brilliant, I thought, really well-written scene. See, I can be show positive, so suck it. I like this. And that little actress playing... Um, presumably, I'm assuming that's the new Lady Frey. I mean, kudos to her because I kept... He's like a scene shooter. He knows what he's doing. This guy's doing handstands through this material, and he's awesome. But I kept looking at her because it was like, oh my god, you know this poor woman? This <laughs> poor child. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. She's, what, 12? But it was just a nice little bit. Hmm. Yeah, I thought it was a great, great little neat scene. No qualms with it. Guys, he mentioned he mentioned the Brotherhood and a whole bunch of other Riverland stuff, which makes me think that we might be getting Lady Stoneheart. And I'm oh, really yeah. totally got hype. Oh, yeah. lips to God's ear. There was so much get hype in there. I was so excited. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I have never given up hope. We will get our Lady Stoneheart. <laughs> Love it. And it. Just the fact that they brought back the um, other Frey actor dudes, his sons or yeah, whatever, yeah. makes me think that they're going to get picked off one by one yeah. by oh, brother yeah. That would be so awesome. Um, and you know what's funny? I looked up a list because I was curious. Somebody has a list, and there's supposedly 94 Freys in line for the throne, like for the for the, oh, for, the, for, the for the seat of the house. Or, and, uh, been <laughs> like nine times. She's, right? I was like, Lady Stoneheart's going to be Baby really busy. Like pretty house. much every. <laughs> yes, it's crazy <laughs> compared to the other houses that have maybe like five or 20 at tops it's Fraser like boom <laughs> she's gonna be busy <laughs> okay so someone else is also heading to the Riverlands apparently and that is Jamie and he's not too pleased he tells Cersei he's going to give Bronn the largest bag of gold to gather all the men he can to kill every sparrow he can find but sensible Cersei promises their enemies will have no mercy um, she tells him he can't be taken to the Sep's dungeon. She tells him to take that stupid little castle back because it's theirs. He wants to be there for her during the trial, and Cersei doesn't seem concerned she has the mountain. They make out, and Cersei tells him they'll always be together. They are the only two people in the world. I am choking on my own vomit. <laughs> so romantic. Wasn't it cheesy? Oh, no. Even for the show, even for them, wasn't it? Wasn't it cheesy? Like it, the oh, lines. It terrible. <laughs> Carol Absolutely. and Larry. Oh my god. And the, uh, the, yeah, I mean, they they had a little bit of chemistry, I guess, when they were kissing. But the rest of it just felt so. The acting was weird to me. I don't know. <laughs> it's just weird. I hate what they've done with them so much. Mm. I. I just can't even. You know, after I'm... reading the the Xerxes chapters, it's just it it blows my mind that in this exchange on this scene, Xerxes was the voice of reason. Yes, I know. <laughs> she has been like predominantly this whole season, like sensible Carol. <laughs> yeah, and I mean the, the show is the show. It's separate. I'm. I'm. I'm no, I can compartmentalize. No, Monty, I will go to the mat on this. They have flip flopped Jamie <laughs> so fucking much. He's different every freaking episode. It, it's not like I said. It's not even Larry. It's cousin Jerry or whatever. I mean, it's different every time. She is totally different. I mean, 
they're not even consistent with their show continuity. It's out of character for show Jamie to say that he would pay off Braun to go kill the High Sparrow. You know, Jamie, show totally. Jamie just would have done it himself. You know, found a way to do yeah. it himself. So. It was nice to hear Braun mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. that's their. Yeah, that was their way of <laughs> introducing Braun for next week. <laughs> just the, the yeah. fact that they're sending Jamie to the Riverlands after this long departure where he went to Dorne and stuff kind of gives me hope that they're getting back on track towards what he was doing yeah. in the book. So he might I'm eventually hopeful. become the book Jamie that we all want him to be. I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful, but um, so I'm not, I'm not as... Uh, I would uh, settle yeah. for season three, Jamie. Maybe even season two, Jamie. I, I just don't want to see season four and five and six anymore. So pick one that's good and let's keep with that. And that would be okay. <laughs> it's going to be interesting how they uh, write a scene with Brienne and Jamie coming together again. Yeah. It's Fifty Shades of Jamie. Oh, God. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Oh my god, that's awful. No. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't it make you guys happy to see to, if if Brienne was the one to bring out the the book Jamie and like convince Jamie where he's gone wrong with Cersei and everything? I guess it depends on how it plays out next week. If it's happening next week, I, I think how that goes will really kind of influence how I'll feel about how it, how it's playing out yeah. and the chemistry and I mean, I want it, but I want a lot of things that haven't happened, so. Yeah, yeah as much as I like to stand on my like moral high ground about the murder of Jamie Lannister's character on this show, if um, Brienne and Jamie were to meet and then start, you know, yeah. um, sword fucking, <laughs> I'd probably forgive all. I mean, I would they still be it. in for it. <laughs> it would be like, who the hell are you, you idiot? Slap him upside the head a bunch of times, and maybe he snaps back and goes, oh, my God, what was yeah. I thinking? You I know, something like that. Fight and then do it. That's Yeah. It, it's like like um, Buffy and Spike. It, that would be pretty it's awesome. It's still hard to justify because... Still have not watched that. Well, I mean, leaving on this note that he's leaving on, it's really hard to justify unless he gets some information on the road. You know, Jamie's not a cheater. So unless there's a really yeah. legitimate reason, it would be really hard for me to be okay. Even as much as I want to see them kiss, I want to see them bang, it would be extremely difficult for me to feel okay with that, you know, if it really wasn't anything, you know. I say that, and logically, I agree with you. Like I know, I know. I'll probably percent. be excited when it happens, but part of me will... <laughs> you know what needs to happen? Do, do you guys know about the Phantom Edit from Star Wars? Yep. You ever hear about it? Well, I, I figured Wanty would. Do you, the rest of you? No. no. What happened? Explain. So, okay, after the <laughs> Phantom Menace came out, like these, I think it was a guy. I don't know his name or anything, but somebody basically went through, got a cut of the movie, recut it, and like came up with like subtitled dialogue for like a lot of the very problematic stuff. And like it sort of at that point, I guess, would be the equivalent of going viral today, but people watched it really like, wow, this is such a much better movie. We need to get Rose Pappy, Pappy on to do that for so I feel what her, needs to happen super is, cut. Like, I don't know, you, it's just like, give them like foreign language kind of voices or something, and then subtitle it all so it all makes sense consistently, and then we could have our wonderful reunion. <laughs> just to that. give him credit, the guy who made that was named uh, Mike Nichols. 
<laughs> oh, cool. Yep. Maybe oh, Goto or somebody oh, can no get busy. <laughs> Make a video, fan vid. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, beyond the wall, the mysterious stranger prepares blood rabbit smoothies for Bran. Bran asks, who are you? And it is <laughs> Uncle Benjamin. <laughs> He tells them he was stabbed in the gut with the ice sword, but the children saved him. And we had a question, well, and a non, not really a question, more of a statement. Wait, 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 wait. can I pause you? Can we talk about Bran's vision that we didn't talk about in the first scene? And then we can not do the non after that. Oh, not here, not here. Oh. I got to do this one first because okay. I'm on the roll. I totally missed it. So, oh, sorry. Uh-huh. Right. non asks or says, Uncle Benjamin looked old and used. <laughs> You know, I thought Uncle Benjamin looked a bit freezer burnt myself. Yes. Yeah. So but he's not hot anymore? Eh. Eh. He, yeah, he looks like he needs some... Some fine. He needs some lotion to, like, moisten his skin because it looks really flaky and everything. <laughs> oh my God. He needs to go I... to a day spa, maybe, <laughs> to exfoliate his skin, maybe. <laughs> I think he look, he's looking pretty good for being stabbed by both a White Walker and then an Obsidian yeah. Blade and being dead for two years. Considering. Three years. Considering. Three years. All right. Well, you can see why I wanted to pause there for that. That was really important. <laughs> let's, <laughs> now let's talk about the um, visions that Bran had because we did miss some. They were kind of quick. A lot of them seemed to be, you know, stuff we've already seen, but there was some extra goodies in there, particularly the throne room um, where we see Jamie. Stab the Mad King. Mm. I thought Jamie was supposed to be 16 years old when he right. did that, but okay. He looked like Larry. <laughs> yeah, I I wanted him to be having his old longer hair from season one, but I can understand why they would want show watchers to, you know, the casual viewer to easily recognize him as current Jamie. Yeah. It would have been cool if they had gotten Jack back to do it. <laughs> Who's to Jack? play like the younger, um, sorry, Joffrey to play uh, oh. younger oh. Jamie. Oh, that would have been kind of awesome. Just slapped a yeah. wig on him, Cersei's wig. I think, I think Joffrey's <laughs> recommended to do Thin for supposedly the best swordsman. Yeah. I don't know, was there anything else? It was mostly. Oh, yeah. Well, foreshadowing for the blowing up of King's Landing was foreshadowed. Yeah. Either oh, that. Uh, wildfire. It was juxtaposing the wildfire next to the White Walkers, so maybe mm-hmm. they were trying to say that the wildfire will be used as a weapon against the White Walkers yeah. when they reach King's Landing, yeah. perhaps? Yeah, I think it's either a couple mm-hmm. things. Either either it's indicating that Bran somehow, or, or Black Raven somehow was saying burn Blood them Raven. all. Blood Raven, sorry. I'm getting everything ass backwards tonight. I'm messed <laughs> up. Sorry. But yeah, I mean... It's that kind of night. He could be maybe have implanted that into Ares' mind, burn them all, burn them all, and then, or, it could be, like, foreshadowing somebody, you know, doing that, blowing up King's Landing. (laughs) We got Benjen telling Bran, he's the three-eyed raven now, they have to be ready for the Night's King. And that's how that scene ends. Um, Daenerys leads her Dothraki through some mountain passes. They are about a week away from Marine, Dario tells her they'll need about a thousand ships to get her army to Westeros. Uh, he calls her a conqueror. Danny rides ahead. The horses start to act restless. And then we hear Drogon screech. Danny's flying above them on his back. She lands and gives a rousing speech about 
choosing them all and crushing her enemies. Everyone is totally stoked. Drogon screeches again and fade to black. Uh-huh. Ugh. What? You guys weren't excited by this? <laughs> You've got her to be speech me. was so cringeworthy. Oh my gosh. I am so, so tired of the racial tone deafness of these people. I've talked to a couple people who are like, what the hell? It's like the cliched white goddess with her, you know, uh, flock of, of small brown people that she's going to save. I'm done with it. And she can't the, act. She cannot the, act. What would be the fix for that? I don't know, but I think they they always do these scenes with the inspirational and ah, like I liked I did like that it wasn't they weren't worshipping her this time thank god I, I can't take another scene of that I mean they were fist pumping they were probably what they should have been doing the last time when she set their uh, calls on fire there <laughs> but I it's like they keep ending on these notes and it's very 1930s Saturday morning serial but it's not 1930 anymore. We've gone past step and fetch it. We we should be much better at this, and they're not. My problem is that nothing's happening after these these things happen, or it's very you know it's this kind of like rousing speech, then blah, rousing speech, then these long periods of she's not accomplishing what she's saying she wants to accomplish. You know, which I guess reflects it's a lot thoughts, of. But. Yeah, it's a lot of rinse, repeat, isn't it? It's like, I feel like I've watched this scene, and I think I have watched it three times now. It's it's five seasons of her looking for ships. It's just a different number she needs. She gets offered them. She fucks it up. I, you know, I don't care anymore. And, I mean, yeah, she's a conqueror, not a ruler. That was stupid. Okay, like, I get she's not... I think what that scene with Dario was meant to say is he was correctly saying, you are not meant to be an administrator, but conquerors don't just go to war all the time. I mean, there are long periods usually of peace because after you've conquered any, everybody, what do you do? Well, I mean, did anyone notice? I don't know if this was just me picking up on it, but his acting seemed to indicate that he was skeptical. He had some looks on his faces. He was looking around at the army. Uh, you know, I don't know what was going on there. But Like, I, I think if they had split this up into two seasons, or two seasons, sorry, two, now it's my turn to, to um, do it. Two scenes, with one where we see that, you know, okay, after this initial burst of worshipping the white goddess or whatever, however they want to play it, her army's flagging a little bit. They're like, come on, what are we going to do? And then had the inspirational scene, it would have been less offensive, and it would have made more of sense. Like, why is she giving... She just had her big inspirational moment, you know, with burning everybody and killing them all. It, you know, now, why do we need this again? It, it just seemed like... And the dragon was painfully bad. I thought that was terrible, terrible use of their money. Well, what happened to the horse? Is what I'm wondering. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ate it. Probably. She fed it to the dragon. Oh, no. I don't know. I always have a hard time gauging these scenes because I feel like I'm so, and I know we kind of all are a bit biased towards not liking Danny's scene. I like this. Danny. I like Danny. Did you like this scene? Well, okay. So I had a thought on how this might have been planned, but they didn't have enough money for it because it's obviously supposed to echo um, Drogo's big speech. And, and David and Dan talk about that in the inside the episode later. 
Um, so when they were like storyboarding it, perhaps they might have wanted Danny, like the dragon, to be pacing back and forth and kind of not shot for shot, but mimicking the big um, emphatic movements that uh, Drogo was making during his speeches and, and like roaring. Uh, he roars at the end, but like if the dragon was kind of like circling around the uh, Dothraki horde or like, you know, instead of just like sitting there and being static until the very end, it might have been a way more dramatic and powerful speech if Danny was using the dragon instead of her own body movements to as um, emphasis, but that would have been way so much more money. And the show is kind of over budget at e- each season. He's getting more and more expensive and they're mm-hmm. supposedly killing dire wolves in order to cut back on the CG budget. So they, they, they probably cut that pretty early if that was a plan. I mean, with what little knowledge I have of, of kind of CG production, I was just kind of like imagining that might have been the case, but I'm not. I don't have the evidence to support that. It's just kind of fun to think about. Yeah, you know, I I almost feel like like those shots we get occasionally of the shadows of the dragons. I feel that's far more effective than. I mean, like yeah, you'd have to have your big reveal of the dragon, but. I think if they almost adopted what they did in the beginning, that sort of old low-budget horror movie, we're going to, like, intimate the danger. You know, we're going to show you a little, like, shadows to kind of get you freaked out a little bit, rather than always having to have this... Like, I did not really need to see that up close and personal of Drogon's mouth. It wasn't interesting to me. And it was gross. I I really liked that beautiful shot that was, like, Jaws before the speech, where it was, like, a close-up and the the dragon... um, panned through the frame like all yes. the way along the tail and stuff that was beautiful i really, really like that, that was shot. really well done yeah i, I totally yeah agree. i think it's her close up on top of the dragon it looked a little cheesy but yeah it looked weird with her little heel boots and <laughs> well i guess she's got to get well, the it's... other two to come dragons to come around now and it just can't act <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the thing. It would have been amazing with maybe a better actress on the dragon. What? <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to take a speech seriously when they're just sitting still and not even standing up or not and not moving around and stuff. I think it's like, the you know, same. Oh, we, like Walter Frey stood up when he was getting all dramatic during his scene. You know. So we'll. Shoot. I think though. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. Go ahead, Clotho. No, I was just going to say, uh, I don't want to totally get off this track if you had something about that particular point, but I was just asking if you think she's going to go back to the next, you know, next episode, next scene, she'll be um, back in Marine. Yep. yep. Presume... Whatever her next scene is, she'll be in Marine, and then we'll get uh, Yara showing up with her ships, and then it'll oh, be Oh, and hopefully Hot Girl next sucks. Season. Yeah, like in sure. the trailer, I, 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 I like that. That would be good. I could really get into Yara being like Danny's wife or queen or whatever you want. I would totally be down for that. I'd find that much more entertaining than what we've been getting, and have like a sad-looking Dario. <laughs> or maybe he could join well, in. I wouldn't mind watching that. I mean, seriously, if you want to go all, <laughs> that'd be great. So you've heard her uh, HBO. If you want to win comma back, you know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Because they're all doing it for my vote, yeah. <laughs> yeah, somebody pointed out to me the point of that speech might have been to psych up her Dothraki because she was going to leave and go to Marine ahead of her horde yeah, while she, she waited for then the horde to catch up it wasn't her. written very well. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, that, that is... 
I, I just feel like a little more tightness in the writing would correct so many problems. I feel like it's it's well, it's sixth season. It's like any other show. You get to a certain point. I mean, and they get lazy. They for you know things get loose because they've just been doing it too long. Yeah, the writers on the show aren't George R. R. Martin, so it's it's hard to expect that same level of quality that we're used to in the books. And Dario mentioning the thousand ships was so contrived. You know, I know they feel like yeah. they have to remind us, but it was like <laughs> when you, you as soon as she you know asked the question, and he said, "I was like, he's going to say a thousand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna give a little editorial on that too, but yeah, I agree with you. All right, let's just. I think we're ready for mail. <laughs> Mail. Okay. Mail. <laughs> we got one from Blizzard's RS, and it says, "Hi, I just want to say that I love your show with fiery passion. I'm from Finland, and I listen to you guys every time I deliver newspapers. My job kind of sucks, but this podcast makes every Tuesday worthwhile. Please keep up the good work, and let's hope that Jamie gets his shit together. Thank you so much." Amen. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> and got one from a, a red beard that says, I'm with Watkins. It's fun, ladies. What? 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 what I don't that? care. Yeah. Somebody's with you. <laughs> I'm not sure uh, on what, what? but <laughs> you can start your conquest of America now. You've got to start the world. <laughs> I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> Give me a bumper sticker. I'm with Wonkins. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, what is the what is the topic that he's agreeing with me on? I have no idea. <laughs> it just says I'm with. Actually, it says I'm with Workins. It's fun, ladies. <laughs> I, just, I just gathered they meant Wonkins, so that's what I said. <laughs> cool. They're with you, whatever it may be. <laughs> right. Right on. Okay, the helium taxi says, okay, but like how glorious is it that someone, anyone is looking at Brienne as she deserves to be looked at, with jaw dropping on, hard eyes as big as frisbees and deep sighs of appreciation <laughs> that this glorious warrior lady knight exists and is existing near them. Because let's be real, that is how we all look at Brienne. I, I gotta say, I'm in agreement with Helium Taxi. Like, <clears throat> I don't believe that Torvon and Brienne is a thing that's ever gonna happen, but I do love anybody looking at her with, you know, any kind of awe and respect. Kind of like with the Olana scene back in, I think it was season four. So, yeah. yeah. That's a good I point. Also, I appreciate that it's not just like um, show BS, it kind of it fits with t- the theory that. Tormund, um, he has that tells that story about sleeping with the bear, and people have suggested that that bear was a she bear from um, the Mormont Island, from Bear Island, right? And so, if Tormund's um, predilection is towards warrior women like the Mormonts, that it, it's not too far a leap to go from a Lady Mormont to a Brienne. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But I do think it's a leap that Brienne would go from a Jamie to a Tormund. <laughs> <laughs> fair <laughs> let's see we got an anon that says ladies i'm starting to believe that r plus l equals j and m which is mira mira reed they've got the hair the white walker uh, killing uh, the brooding 
Am I crazy? What do you think? Could Mira be a secret Targ too? Oh God! I love the theory. I don't Me know. Me too. I don't know if there's any water to be held, but I mean, I do, I've heard I the like theory it. before because um, Mira and John are supposedly like around the same age, if I'm correct. Poor Holland Reed, though he's out in air and a daughter, <laughs> evidently. Yeah. Oh, I love I love crackpot theories that, but but. Uh, the thing I enjoy about the crackpottiness is it, the mountains of evidence that <laughs> that support such a crazy theory that could never be true. But um, so I'd like to read up on whatever evidence there is to support this. Yeah, this I think there's a, I think yeah. there's some you know some to support it. I mean, I'd be okay sure with there's... it. You know, always yeah. you know the whole twins separated oh. at birth trope. I'm sure someone has written 25,000 words on this and read it somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can find it. Sure. And then as soon as people find out that they're twins, they'll immediately ship it. So there's that, too. The plus side. Yeah, that's, gonna have that. that's gonna happen, too. Fucked up fandom loves their twin zest. What? Okay. It's not. It's not. It really isn't. Uh, let's see. Surrounded by foxes says, hey, I just started to listen to you and you're awesome. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, foxes. You're awesome, too. <laughs> like a fox. <laughs> and last we got an email from Sir Donkey Leg. A past hey, guest. Donkey Leg. <laughs> <laughs> he says, um, hey, y'all, it's everyone's favorite leg, Donkey Leg. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to just send questions or comment on the old Tumblr, so here it is. I'm sure you noticed that I just wanted to bring it to light and see how you feel about it. Jamie being exiled, exiled to the Riverlands an episode after some blonde-haired lady knight was sent to the Riverlands also. Coincidence? I believe not. <laughs> they are going to make Riverlands love. Jamie and Brienne back together again. Donkey leg out. Keep it funky. <laughs> so I don't think Donkey Legs has any qualms about the mischaracterization of Jamie. He's all in. <laughs> he could do the fan edit. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like Donkey Leg and I should get together and go bowling. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's what we need to have on on another future episode. We need to have Donkey Leg and Watkins on it. On an episode together, they can bro out. Yeah. If we were, we we would have to fight like a Highlander. There can only be one. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. There, there's enough room. I, I'm, just, I was, I'm just joking. I love donkey leg. Well, kids getting a bit territorial on the donkey leg there. <laughs> I really just wanted to make a Highlander reference. <laughs> that is acceptable. Okay. That's, is that it, Eon? That's it. That's all I got. Alrighty. Okay, so we love getting mail. We love hearing from you. You can reach us at close the door and at gmail.com. You can also reach us at uh, close the door and come here.tumblr.com. Follow us on Twitter at door podcasts. Like, review, subscribe, all that good stuff on iTunes, Google Music, and now YouTube. Thank you again, Wankins, for stepping in last minute for us. Much appreciated. Oh. It's workins now, not wankins. <laughs> we do make you workins for it, and we appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, panel of lovely ladies. Thank, Thank you. you a lot. Thank you a lot. 
You're welcome, guys. I'm closing the door now. Get out. <laughs> All right.